The David Pakman show is off today in observance of the 2023 Memorial Day federal holiday. Enjoy this classic episode and we will be back with you tomorrow. A liberal judge has won her race for the Wisconsin Supreme Court, and this gives liberals control of the Wisconsin Supreme Court for the first time in 15 years. Now, of course, we are going to be talking about the fact that the failed former President Donald Trump was arrested. But I wanted to start with this today because some good things did actually happen yesterday. We also got a progressive mayor in Chicago, which we're going to talk about. We'll talk about the Trump stuff, but let's start here. This has been a hugely right wing Supreme Court in Wisconsin. Abortion rights are in question. Gerrymandering related issues uh, executed by Republicans are a major issue that may indeed come before the Wisconsin Supreme Court in the future. And so this is a very good piece of news. The New York Times report liberal wins Wisconsin court race in victory for abortion rights backers. Janet Pratazowicz prevailed in the state's highly consequential contest for the Supreme Court, which will now be likely to reverse the state's abortion ban huge and end the use of gerrymandered legislative maps. This is very, very good news. The defeated conservative was Daniel Kelly, former Wisconsin Supreme Court justice who was trying to get his way back onto the bench with more than 95 percent of the votes counted by Wednesday morning. This morning, Judge Pertazowicz led by 11 points, which is a very big margin of victory. Now, the, the, there were all these things about, oh, well, she crushed him. No, she didn't. She's only up by 11. Understand that in a state like Wisconsin, which is as divided as it is, an 11 point victory in this race is quite a walloping, quite frankly. I don't know how else to say it. A whole bunch of uh, money was spent on this race. And at the end of the day, the 60 year old Pratazowicz is going to now make this the first liberal Supreme Court in 15 years in the state of Wisconsin. I want to play for you a little bit of the disgusting concession speech from Kelly. This is <laughs> this is a uh, you know, it. it this is a tantrum sort of concession speech attacking his opponent. Take a look at this. It brings me no joy to say this. I wish that in a circumstance like this, I would be able to concede to a worthy opponent. Whoa. But I do not have a worthy opponent to which I can concede. Wow. This was the most deeply deceitful dishonorable, despicable campaign I have ever seen run for the courts. Is he talking about himself? It was truly beneath contempt. Anyway, so a very bitter concession speech there from Daniel Kelly. But at the end of the day, we've been talking about this. This is what happens when you exist in a MAGA bubble and you pick candidates based not on what is actually going on in the country, but based on what you think is going on based on your tiny little bubble. And we saw this in Kansas when it came to the abortion vote. 
and they decided to run an anti-abortion extremist in Wisconsin. And Wisconsin is more progressive than Kansas. Even Kansas voted to defend abortion rights. So it's not crazy to look at these results and say, yeah, that sort of makes sense. You shouldn't have run the anti-abortion nut. Um, also, you, you know, 2020 was rigged. Isn't great. The same guy, Daniel Kelly, advised the state Republican Party in crafting one of those fake elector schemes to try to get Donald Trump the electoral votes from Wisconsin rather than Joe Biden. We saw that that cost them a lot. And uh, this is this is what happens. So when you look back at the Wisconsin Supreme Court, you see a bunch of very right wing decisions during the covid era. The uh, right wing, the then right wing Wisconsin Supreme Court struck down the stay at home order from the governor, Tony Evers, similar orders all over the country. It was just what was being done. They struck that down in July of 2020. The right wing Wisconsin Supreme Court blocked a plan to delay the primary because of the pandemic, something that was done in other states. It wasn't really like the biggest deal. And then they struck down a mask mandate uh, as well. And again, most states had these at that point in time. Eventually they went away. So this is hugely consequential, consequential. We are going to see this decision. So first of all, when you when you see a court change hands, uh, you don't always know the full consequences because you don't yet know what may come before that court. But we know that when it comes to the abortion ban, almost certainly this is a court that's going to have to deal with that. When you look at uh, gerrymandering, almost certainly this is a court that would deal with that. And importantly, we don't yet know what's going to happen in November of 2024. If you said, well, it's Connecticut, I could tell you with certainty this is not going to be a consequential state in determining who is the president. Connecticut's just not going to be that. Wisconsin is increasingly a flashpoint in the we are going to try to steal it narrative of the right. And so the Supreme Court of Wisconsin might actually play a role in 2024 in ensuring now that we know who's on the court in ensuring that the candidate who received the most votes actually gets the electoral vote. So hugely consequential. Great news out of Wisconsin. Also great news out of Chicago. Let's talk about that next. Progressive uh, union organizer Brandon Johnson. Let's go. Brandon has been elected mayor of Chicago, Illinois. Well, certainly now the police will be defunded, right? No. In fact, Brandon Johnson has outlined a very sensible plan for reforming and continuing to improve policing in Chicago. HuffPost reports Brandon Johnson, progressive union organizer, elected mayor of Chicago. Johnson's victory over centrist Paul Vallis is a major achievement for the activist left. That is absolutely the case. Johnson is described in this article as a black leftist and former school teacher. Paul Vallis was the former CEO of Chicago public schools. This victory is being called again by HuffPost, one of the starkest ideological proxy battles in the annals of recent municipal politics. And it is a historic achievement for the activist left likely to have ripple effects across the country. Okay, that's the characterization by HuffPost. There's a lot there. It may be the case. It it may not be. Um, This is super interesting for a number of different reasons. First of all, remember that the former mayor of Chicago, Lori Lightfoot, lost her primary. That's interesting in and of itself. 
Sometimes when you see folks positioned like Lori Lightfoot lose primaries, it's because there's a resurgence by the right, meaning that you're going to see some hardcore conservative or whatever the case may be. Chicago is not a conservative city, so it's not particularly likely. But sometimes when you see incumbents defeated, it's because of a big shift. This is a shift, but it is a shift to the left. And it's another reminder that a lot of these Republicans in different parts of the country, I know Chicago is its own thing, but it's a warning if you combine this with the results from Wisconsin two right wingers that they need to run and meet voters where they actually are, not whether they not where they might wrongly imagine voters to be. And it is a reality in the United States that on issues on just about every issue, most parts of the country have moved to the left. Now, that obviously depends on where you started. More conservative areas have moved to the left, but they're still conservative, just less so. And more progressive areas have moved to the left and they are becoming more progressive. The abortion results in Kansas are a reminder of that. So it's going to be interesting to follow this. It's also an incredible path for Brandon Johnson to this eventual victory. When he started before the first round of voting in Chicago, he was polling two percent. And now he got himself to winning the runoff and now becoming the mayor of Chicago. So he will be judged by the results. This is a victory ideologically for the progressive left. Now he actually has to come in and make things happen. Of course, Republicans around the country often love to point to Chicago as the example of just devastating anti police uh, a politicking and what happens when you hamper police and crime explodes and gun violence and all these different things. Of course, we know how to zoom out and to take a more fact based view when it comes to gun violence in Chicago, despite Chicago's strict gun laws, you drive 40 minutes to Indiana or I think it's like 60 or 70 minutes to Wisconsin. And all of a sudden, it's much easier to get firearms and you have to account for that when it comes to, oh, they want to defund the police, defund the police. Almost no one wants to defund the police. Sure, you can find some activists on the left that say defund. Almost everyone says reform. And indeed, Brandon Johnson plans to reform the police. And in some cases, from what I've seen him say, it might require actually adding funding in order to achieve things through new programs that they want to start. So we're going to watch and see. But a big night for the left, a win in Wisconsin, a win in Chicago. And yes, we also saw the failed former president Donald Trump arrested. We will talk about that after the break. Now that we've gotten to some of this very, very good news. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money podcast. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact based reporting for some much needed clarity in the finance world helping you to make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like managing finances with a partner without conflict, making a balanced budget, boosting your credit score, saving more money for retirement, all sorts of really useful topics. Most people in the audience know I'm a big financial literacy advocate. I can tell you nerd wallet does a fantastic job here. Listen to nerd Wallet's smart money podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you. Don't forget that the best way to support the David Pakman show is by becoming a member, which gives you access to the daily bonus show, the regular show with no commercials. You also get access to our entire archive of every episode dating back a really long time. 
and plenty of other awesome membership perks. Go to joinpacman.com. Joinpacman.com. The David Pakman Show is an audience supported program. We primarily depend on you to fund our program if you appreciate what we do, or even if you don't like it but think it's worthwhile to have it. You can sign up at joinpacman.com. You can use the coupon code indicted, or you can use the coupon code indicated, the way Donald Trump wrongly spelled indicted in that Troth Central post the other day. You'll get instant access to the bonus show commercial free audio and video feeds of the show, and you'll get the entire program every day, hours before it is released publicly on all of our different platforms. Sign up at joinpacman.com. coupon code indicted or indicated your choice. The former president of the United States, Donald Trump, was arrested and perp walked yesterday in New York City police custody with no handcuffs and reportedly no mugshot and pleaded guilty. Sorry, pleaded not guilty. What a Freudian slip pleaded not guilty to 34 different felonies. We will talk about the alleged crimes. We will talk about the potential penalties. We will go to the attorney post arrest press conference. Trump's Mar-a-Lago speech. We're going to cover everything. But it's important to sit back for a moment and understand. It was almost surreal yesterday as we did many, 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 many hours of live streams covering all of this. The former president arrested and it may only be the first of many arrests of reports starting to swirl about a possible second arrest in Georgia later this month. We still have questions about the federal case. But let's not get to that yet. Donald Trump on his way to the courthouse posting on Truth Social, Truth Central. quote, heading to lower Manhattan, the courthouse seems so surreal. Wow. They are going to arrest me. Can't believe this is happening in America. MAGA. And listen, I agree. It was surreal to so many of us who were watching uh, uh, nearly half a million of you stopped by the live stream where we covered Trump's uh, path down to the courthouse in lower Manhattan and eventual booking and the entire thing. It truly was surreal. We have video here of Donald Trump's motorcade arriving at the courthouse, Trump getting out and sort of uh, lumbering, waving at one point to the dozens of supporters that showed up and then lumbering surrounded by Secret Service into the courthouse. There was this very unusual situation where there was a ring of Secret Service around Trump and also NYPD and, of course, New York uh, courthouse uh, court officers kind of managing the uh, uh, situation as they as they often do. We then were able to see video from the 15th floor of Donald Trump entering the actual uh, courtroom, maybe the first time in decades that Donald Trump actually had to hold the door for himself. And here you see all of these different rings of security. Uh, let's take a look at this video. There is Trump entering, looking dejected, quite frankly. President Trump. Will you come to and very briefly there, as you see, Going into the courtroom, these were very, very brief moments. 
Trump then spending about an hour in the arraignment, which is very unusual. Legal experts weighing in that these arraignments, even when there are 34 counts like this, usually there is a, a, a waving of the full reading of all of these counts. This took nearly an hour, and that is not typical for such an arraignment. And we still don't know exactly what took so long. We do know that the judge did admonish everyone that he wants uh, he I'm sort of paraphrasing here, but that the judge would like there not to be public commentary that turns up the heat on this entire thing that didn't last very long that I can assure you. And then about an hour later video. So let's see the video going in was 228 p.m. The video coming out was 324 p.m. So almost a full hour to the minute. Here is Donald Trump leaving the courtroom. And again, a very, very brief sighting of Trump. They're about to come out of the courtroom. Let's listen into the hall. How did you plead, President Trump? How did you plead? Okay. And then there goes Trump, and you see his lawyer, Joe Tacopina, who previously said Trump did commit a crime when he was interviewed about this on TV years ago. Okay, so the judge warning everybody refrain from statements and social media posts that could foment unrest and uh, all of this after there were many messages critical of the prosecutor before those certainly didn't stop after. And we are going to get to that. So an incredible moment. I mean, this really is a historic moment. Uh, It is unusual. It is unique. It is different. And then now the focus starts to become what is actually going to happen with these cases? What are we actually going to see happen? What are the charges and what is the maximum possible sentence? Let's talk about that next. All right. So listen, um, there have been a number of reports with headlines like Donald Trump facing 136 years in prison. Many such examples. I am not going to blow smoke in anyone's body parts in my audience. Donald Trump is not in any real sense facing 136 years in prison. So let's talk through this entire situation. Donald Trump is accused of 34 felonies. And on paper, it is true that individually each of those felonies could potentially garner four years in prison in some insanely hypothetical sense. We have already seen a number of legal opinions about this, and these 34 felony counts are all related more or less to the same act or same scheme, you might say. And a number of legal experts and remember, none of this is my opinion. I'm just going by what other legal experts have said. While in some extraordinarily vague sense, you could say Trump is facing 136 years in prison. Realistically, the maximum he would be facing for all of these counts would be four. And I believe the real number will be zero. Now, that's just my opinion, and we will get to that in a moment. Let's start with an NPR report called Five Things to Know About Donald Trump's Felony Charges. What was Trump charged with? The indictment unsealed includes 34 counts of falsifying business records with intent to commit another crime and aid and conceal the commission thereof. These are class E felonies. These are the lowest classes of felonies in New York, in the state of New York. 
each check processed by the Trump organization disguised as a monthly payment for legal services under a retainer agreement is a count is a count. Um, What do we know about the catch and kill scheme? This entire scheme is based on the idea that Donald Trump wanted to catch and kill by paying stories that would be negative to his reputation. This involved a company called American Media Inc. They published the National Enquirer, and we've talked about different instances of this. There's this first instance involving a doorman at Trump Tower. The doorman claimed to have a story about Trump uh, fathering a child outside of marriage. That was the first story. The second story involved Karen McDougal, a former Playboy Playmate, Playboy Playmate, who said she had an affair with Trump while Trump was married. Uh, AMI and their CEO, David Pecker, uh, were involved with Donald Trump and Michael Cohen in a scheme to pay for her silence for one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And the third of three incidents, maybe the most well known, is the one hundred and thirty thousand dollar payment to adult film actress Stormy Daniels to suppress her allegations of an affair. Trump has denied all three of these stories. The article, which we will link to in the YouTube description for this clip, talks about what prosecutors need to prove, how Trump is reacting and what happens next. This is maybe the critical question. The judge Mershon set the next court date as December 4th. So already there will be eight months until the next court date. Trump's lawyers are asking for more time, which could already push this into January or even spring of 2024. Now, there's two sides to the delay tactic. On the one hand, most many all attorneys in criminal circumstances will often say you want to delay as much as you can. The more you delay, the more you are potentially benefiting yourself as the defendant for a number of different reasons. Witnesses could forget or they could die or they could refuse to be involved or whatever. The longer you wait, the weaker the case might become for the prosecution due to things that happen with witnesses. Evidence. Evidence could be lost, misplaced, tainted, whatever the case may be. Now, there's always a back. There's always a a rebuttal to all of these. Well, doesn't matter if the witnesses forget because they've been deposed and all you have to do is put up the deposition or uh, uh, evidence in this particular case is not going to degrade the way it would in certain types of violent crimes. Okay, fine. But these are generally the reasons why attorneys say it's often good to delay. Uh, prosecutorial priorities could shift. There could be a change in the political orientation of a prosecutor's office, and you might end up seeing cases dropped or whatever the case may be. So, as a general rule, you often will hear defense attorneys say you want to delay as much as possible, delay years if you can. The counterpoint in this particular case is that from what I've read, Trump will be required to appear in New York for each stage of this. And you could end up in a situation where this trial or these proceedings, let's say, because it may not go to trial, could start to interfere in the day to day of Trump trying to campaign for president. And if that is the case, One could argue it's actually not great for Trump to delay until spring of 2024. That's when he will be locked into a primary battle and wanting to do rallies and there will be elections and all of these sorts of things. Okay, so that's where we are now. Why do I think Trump will serve no prison time? Well, I just uh, if if again, this is just an opinion. People can disagree with this. Okay, if you 
think that at the tail end of a year or more of delays, Trump won't take a plea. He says he won't that this will go to trial, that Trump will be found guilty and that he will be sentenced at what then might be 77 or 78 or 79 years old, depending on how long this all takes. If you think he's going to be sentenced to prison, then I think all of that is unlikely. But even if he were, I believe that he will be allowed to serve whatever sentence there is in home confinement. Now, a couple of people wrote in and said, no, there are special facilities for people you know, known like Trump or what. It's just my opinion, guys. I don't think Trump will do a single day as far as this case is concerned. What's coming up, of course, is will Trump be charged in Georgia? in Fulton County, where the charges would be more serious and on and on. All right. So we're going to follow that. Let's now go to Trump's lawyers post arrest press conference right after Trump was arrested. Trump got directly into a vehicle and went straight to the airport and flew back to Florida. His attorneys held a sort of very strange press conference right outside the courthouse. This is Joe Tacopina, as well as Trump's other lawyer, whose name escapes me at this exact moment in time. But we will find it. It didn't go very well. It was just a complete and total mess. The only thing missing was holding it at Four Seasons Total Landscaping or whatever it was called, Four Seasons Landscaping. But let's take a listen to a little bit of this. President not use language. He requested that everybody involved refrain from using language that's inappropriate. And by the way, that includes that includes the witnesses. The witnesses for the people um, who are talking just but as much. It also much includes as the, the former president swinging a baseball bat at the head of the Manhattan DA. Well, I don't know where you got that because if that you'll, was a tweet that was, out by the former president. That, no, it tweet. wasn't. And first of all, first of all, first of all, that picture was not him swinging a baseball bat. I mean, if you want to distort the facts, go right ahead. I want to address that. Yes, it is. He wasn't swinging a baseball bat at anyone's head. That was a picture of him showing off an American made bat. Someone- <laughs> he was talking about how great American bats are. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly a compilation picture. So Takapina is right that the picture was was isolated. It was two different pictures put together. But Trump did post it to Troth Central. And uh, we've got the picture up on the screen. It's a picture of Alvin Bragg side by side with Trump holding a bat. Obviously, he wasn't actually holding a bat to Alvin Bragg's head. But Trump did post that to Truth Social. Um, let's look at another little bit of that discussion. There's no, there's no, there was no admonishment. Did the president not use language that would incite violence or civil unrest? He did not he request, request that the that the president not use language. He requested that everybody involved refrain from using language that's inappropriate. Talk and about, by the way, that includes that includes the witnesses. The witnesses for the people um, who are talking just but it as also much includes as the former president swinging a baseball bat at the head of the Manhattan D.A. Well, I don't know where you got that, because if that you'll, was a tweet that was, out by the former president. That, you know, it wasn't. And first of all, first of all, first of all, that picture was not him swinging a baseball bat. I mean, if you want to distort the facts, go right ahead. I want to address that. Yes, it is. He wasn't swinging a baseball bat at anyone's head. That was a picture of him showing off an American made bat. Someone else put a picture of the district attorney next to him and in an article posted that. That's not his article, not his photos. Guys, here's what we're going to talk about today. Here's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the insufficiency of this case. And I will say this to you. Today's unsealing of this indictment shows that the rule of law died in this country. (laughs) Did it really? No. Actually, the indictment shows that no one is above the law and they keep insisting that this means the rule of, the, of law died. No, what we've learned is not even a former president is above the law. And that's a great thing to learn. 
While everyone is not above the law, no one's below it either. And if this man's name was not Donald J. Trump, there is no scenario we'd all be here today. Please understand that based on these charges. All right. So there's Takapina. And then we have, um, I guess, one more clip here uh, about Trump's posts about the judge and the judge's family. We are here to talk about the case and litigate cases. We can't address what he posts or what he wants to post or did post. But as his attorneys, have you told him to stop posting this rhetoric? So what I said before was we can't. Literally, we yeah. can't tell you what we've discussed. With no, our I just said, so but are you concerned that I mean, he's continuing to go after the judge, talking about the judge's wife, talking about the family? I mean, are you? Con- I mean, I don't think the judge was de- concerned about it. Yeah, but any other defendant, wouldn't you be like? Any it's other not, defendant would be he's here He's not today. going after the judge. He is not going after the judge. He commented that he thought that there were some issues that may cause a conflict. That's not going after the judge. He is not threatening the judge. He is not going after the judge. He has said that the you may also notice that someone's holding the leg of a mannequin over the head of attorney Joe Tacopina during this entire thing. That's an important visual component. Yeah, he is angry because the D.A. has brought a case that is unjustified. I mean, and so I'm not going to comment on it. You may disagree with the way he spoke. Can you but talk he about the process? Was he fingerprinted? Was there a mugshot? Was there a mugshot? I think that, thank you for your attention. All right. So deciding that this was not going particularly well for them and then wrapping it up a wild day in lower Manhattan. Let's take a very quick break. Next, we will talk about the event that took place at Mar-a-Lago. We're going to hear from Lindsey Graham. There's so much more. Marjorie Taylor Greene was run out of Manhattan trying to protest. It was one of the craziest day in American politics in a long time. We will be back right after this and give you the rest of the day's news. If you value what we do at The David Pakman Show, remember to support us on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash David Pakman show where you can get access to behind the scenes videos, the daily bonus show, the commercial free daily show, as well as special discounts on merch, including hats, hoodies, mugs and T-shirts. You can support the show for as little as two dollars a month. Check it out at patreon.com slash David Pakman show. After being arrested, the failed former president, Donald Trump, drove right to the airport and flew directly back to Florida. There was an event promoted that was scheduled for 815 p.m. Eastern last night where Donald Trump was expected and believed to speak about the arrest. And potentially it would even be a press conference where he would take questions. He did not take any questions. And Donald Trump's brain seemed to disintegrate during the event. Instead of talking about yesterday's arrest, the charges against him and his defense, he attacked both the judge and the prosecutor and kind of ran through his generic list of grievances, seemingly focusing on other crimes he may have committed. Very, very strange event. So let's start with a claim that Donald Trump makes that because he was president, any documents he takes from the White House are by sort of like automatically declassified. That's not how it works. But again, Trump seems to be focusing on other crimes he may be arrested for rather than the crime for which he was arrested yesterday to give up. But isn't that real obstruction? That's obstruction as president. Also, you'll notice Trump breathing in a very strange way, just sniffing the entire thing. Everything, every detail about this speech was bizarre. I have the right to declassify documents and the process is automatic 
if I take them with me. It's automatic, declassified. Biden was vice president. He had absolutely no right to declassify as vice president. He doesn't come under the non-criminal Presidential Records Act. He comes under the very criminal Federal Records Act, unfortunately for him. But it's not going to matter because they don't follow the law, <laughs> which has very severe penalties. So first of all, it is not automatic that if a president just stuffs some documents into his pants and then leaves that they are declassified. Secondly, this was not why Donald Trump was arrested yesterday. This is a completely different potential set of charges. Remember, we've got the Georgia Fulton County investigation. That's not what Trump is talking about. You then have the investigation related to the search warrant served on Mar-a-Lago. That is what Trump is talking about. But those are different possible crimes rather than the ones for which Trump was actually arrested yesterday. Trump then attacking the judge, saying the judge hates Trump. And the, the, the family hates Trump, the judge's wife and the judge's kids, that every, everybody just hates Trump. Numbers, not the same place that I know, not the same place that you know. And this is where we are right now. I have a Trump-hating judge with a Trump-hating wife and family whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris and now receives money from the Biden-Harris campaign and a lot of it. Okay. Trump knows exactly what he's doing here. Trump is signaling. Trump is spotlighting. Trump is putting a target on the judge and the judge's family. And it's not like we don't have evidence that Trump supporters are willing to become violent. We know that they are. I mean, of course, there's January 6th. You can also go back further. And there was the guy with the I think it was pipe bombs who was arrested. And what, what year was it? 2017, 2018. We know that there are people in Trump's cult that will do violence. And so when Trump starts targeting, I mean, the, the judge's wife, why is the judge's wife even in Trump's mouth? Why? Why is why is the words the judge's daughter? Why is that coming out of Trump's mouth? He knows what he's doing. It's not only the judge that Trump attacked. He also attacked the district attorney, Alvin Bragg, saying actually they should arrest and indict Bragg. The criminal is the district attorney because he illegally leaked massive amounts of grand jury information. For which he should be prosecuted. Yeah. Or at a minimum, he should resign. There you go. Uh, Of course, there is no evidence that Alvin Bragg has committed any crimes whatsoever. And as we've talked about before, it's law and order until law and order is no longer convenient. And then it's just like indict my political enemies. No big deal. Not a not a problem. Trump then again, continuing to focus on his other possible crimes. Again, you know, his brain is mush. Trump says that they are the I I actually struggle to understand this. Trump seems to be suggesting that the search warrant served at Mar-a-Lago was illegal and also that they, they maybe want to put Trump to death with the espionage. Act. It's really hard to follow this reasonable search and seizure. But they did it anyway because our justice system. Has become lawless. They're using it now in addition to everything else to win elections. Apparently, they're not looking at me through the view of the non-criminal Presidential Records Act. They came up with a new one. This is a new one. 
and they're looking at me through the Espionage Act. Think of that. How does that sound? Of 1917, where the penalty is death. Hmm. Even though that has absolutely nothing to do with openly taking boxes of documents and mostly clothing and other things to my home, which President Obama has done, the Bushes. It was mostly clothes, guys. The fact that there were a couple hundred classified documents, that doesn't matter. It was mostly like shirts. Jimmy Carter's done. Ronald Reagan has done. Everybody's done. In fact, Hillary Clinton got rid of Clinton. Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I guess he's saying the search warrant was illegal and that they are considering, I guess, or want to give him the death penalty, which is pretty wacky stuff. Trump also claims that he doesn't need any banks because he has a lot of cash, which, of course, raises the question of why Trump is desperately asking for money. If you have so much money, why are you asking your followers? You're a billionaire. You're asking people who make thirty two thousand dollars a year to donate money to you. But they didn't lose a dollar with us during this period of time. In fact, the banks we're talking about made almost $200 million off Donald Trump, and they liked me very much. We never missed a payment, never got a default notice, had a great relationship with all of them. Sure. I don't need banks. We have a lot of cash. A lot of cash, but he's desperately raising money anywhere that he can. CNN, in a kind of funny moment, cut away from the speech and was confused about why Trump isn't talking about yesterday's arrest, which is sort of the most newsworthy thing going on. Our currency is crashing and will soon no longer the former president speaking tonight at Mar-a-Lago back here in uh, New York with the panel. Um, uh, Alyssa, I mean, this is a reprise of uh, (laughs) we were waiting for him to talk about what happened today. Finally talked about it a little bit at the end there when uh, we're cutting out of it. Uh, I love I love Anderson Cooper's confusion about what that was. But a reprise of pretty much every grievance. If you were a Republican. who cares about the Republican Party and the future of the Republican Party. And you are watching this tonight, realizing this man now may be more powerful in the Republican Party than he was yesterday, uh, or at least a little bit more. So anyway, CNN bravely cutting away, but only about 90 seconds before the speech ended. And then lastly, here is Trump just abruptly wrapping up the speech and walking off. Oh, no. Did we lose this clip? Is this clip glitchy? This clip's glitchier than Trump's speech. Hold on. Here we go. With all of this being said, and with a very dark cloud over our beloved country, I have no doubt, nevertheless, that we will make America great again. (laughs) Thank you very much. God bless you and God bless America. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you. Isn't that great? He spends 30 minutes attacking everyone and talking about how the country is just horrible. And he wraps up by saying, despite all of the horrible things I've spent the last 30 minutes talking about and all the possible crimes I just uh, uh, admitted to, um, things are going to be just great. I'm running and vote for me and we're going to make America great again. So Trump's brain mayonnaise, mayonnaise or maybe a a bechamel. I don't know what it is, but uh, certainly something is a little bit soft up there Um, and It was just as crazy earlier in New York City. I want to talk about that next. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the radical Republican congresswoman, famously went into New York City yesterday with a protest. The protest was going to be at noon in support of Trump. 
uh, then the, it was moved up to 1030 a.m. It was obviously not going to go uh, very well. And I'm going to show you a couple of clips of this. But Marjorie Taylor Greene ended up having to flee her own protest as hecklers completely shut the entire thing down. Here is Marjorie Taylor Greene with a megaphone trying to speak to the crowd. Uh, and yet there are so many people with whistles that you can't hear a damn word she's saying. It's it's just it's delightful. And remember, guys, this is speech. This is everyone's speech. She is she has a megaphone and people have whistles and it's speech versus speech. And the mayor By the way, there appear to be more members of the media there than actual people protesting in support of Trump. <laughs> all right. So you get it. Just it, she, nobody can hear what she's saying. And it's just all pathetic. Now, at another point, I am told that actor Michael Rappaport, who hates Trump, that this is him yelling at Marjorie Taylor Greene. OK, and there is some some language in this clip. I believe that this is indeed Michael Rappaport there and just dressing down Marjorie Taylor Greene. Listen to this. Hit him with the space laser. And this is as NYPD is like trying to clear a path for Marjorie Taylor Greene. And again, it's mostly reporters like it's it, most of the people there are reporters, plus Michael Rappaport screaming at her. Okay, so a lot of screaming at this event as Marjorie Taylor Greene had to be rushed out by, I guess, security and NYPD. A Democratic congressman, Jamal Bowman, he was not amused by Marjorie Taylor Greene's presence there. Do your freaking job, Marjorie Taylor Greene. You don't need to be in New York City talking that nonsense. Go back to your district. You're not, what are you doing here? You're here for politics. You're here because you want to be VP. Yep. You're here for your own fundraising. You're here for your own nonsense. Yeah. So Jamal Bowman accurately pointing out what this is all about. And then lastly, this is really weird. When Marjorie Taylor Greene was able to flee to her car, she did an interview with Steve Bannon, who refers to her as con as congressman for some for some reason I can't really figure out. And she claims that Eric Adams, the mayor of New York City, organized a counter protest against her. Check this out. Uh, congressman Green, the mayor <laughs> Congressman Green. I, I, it, apropos of nothing, Steve Bannon refers to Marjorie Taylor Green as congressman for from the gender realists. Very surprising thing to hear. Uh, Congressman Green, the mayor of New York, Eric Adams, specifically singled you out as a hooligan that's going to cause a problem and that you're dangerous and yep. that you got to back off and go home. Your thoughts, ma'am? He didn't just single me out, Steve. He threatened me. Right. He called me by name and threatened me. The mayor of New York City, I believe, is is a thug. Right. And he sent his people here today. They had an organized 
text uh, alert that went out calling what I would say Antifa to bring their whistles, <laughs> pots and pans, all kinds of instruments to make. They brought pots and pans and they almost started making a souffle. All kinds of noise to drown me out and drown others here today that are protesting and here supporting President Trump. Um, the mayor of New York City, Mayor Adams, owes me an apology. Right. I'm an elected member of Congress. I represent hundreds of thousands of people from Northwest Georgia, but I also represent Americans all over the country uh, that support. Anyway, you know, the really funny thing was the guy handing out the whistles was actually reported to be a Trump supporter. So like the idea that it was the left that organized the whistle protest, I, I guess a Trump supporter thought that by handing out whistles, they would be able to drown out the anti Trump protesters across the street. But all it actually did was drown out Marjorie Taylor Greene. And I'm sure some anti Trump people gladly accepted whistles as well. So complete and total chaos on the streets of New York City. And I agree with Jamal Bowman. Why is Marjorie Taylor Greene even there? She has nothing to do with New York City. She says New York City is a terrible place. She says that, you know, we've got all this crime in New York City and so on and so forth. Why? Why bother Marjorie? Just stay home or go somewhere else or go to Mar-a-Lago, where she did ultimately end up uh, later yesterday evening. So that was the, pr the big protest organized by Marjorie Taylor Greene. We'll take a quick break and be back with so much more. Follow us on social media, interact with the David Pakman Show community, see exclusive content, see when we're taking calls live and stay up to date on other big show announcements. We post daily. Find us on Reddit, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Discord and TikTok. All right, let's talk about a couple of other little side stories that are taking place here. One of the interesting kind of contrasts or conflicts that has arisen over the last few days is the contradiction between anger that Donald Trump has been arrested and the claim that this is really great for Trump. Well, if it's great for Trump, then wouldn't someone be happy about it? But yet all of the MAGAs are furious and they say this is the biggest uh, and most unjust miscarriage of the uh, justice system. Yeah, if it's great for Trump, then you'd think someone would be happy about it. So this reached a sort of fever pitch yesterday. And I'll just give you one example, although there are many. Newsmax anchor Greg Kelly said that while under arrest in police custody, Trump looks even more presidential, if you can imagine it, you know, sit up there uh, uh, visiting with uh, with NATO or on uh, during a state dinner with the prime minister of Japan. No, 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 no. You are at your most presidential while under arrest in a ratty New York City courtroom. Here is Greg Kelly. Listen to him say it. President Donald Trump, this was technically in police custody today. Yeah. Going from processing into the arraignment. And somehow he looks even more presidential. I'm sorry. <laughs> The brown nosing is giving me cringe, Greg. I'm sorry. Serious. I mean, we're talking eye of the tiger. This is why so many people are drawn to him. He fights. And by the way, this is this is all nonsense. Right. Uh, I've seen the indictment and it's a joke. It's even sillier than we thought. Oh, by the way, could you imagine Joe Biden being in this situation? Could he survive? Could he thrive? Donald Trump just gave an amazing speech in Mar-a-Lago tonight. We'll get to uh, the details in a moment, some highlights. But first, the Democrats, they wanted this image to be totally different. They wanted a defeated, broken man or under arrest. They wanted somebody like 
like this guy, DSK, when he was arrested. I mean, that looks pretty bad. Or this guy, who allegedly, I think, killed his parents, uh, his father. I mean, that's the same table that Donald Trump was sitting at today. Or this guy recently arrested. I mean, this is what they thought Donald Trump would look like. Instead, you know what it looked like? <laughs> it was uh, back on The Apprentice. There's nothing damaging about these photos. In fact, it's damaging to the people who put him there, Ooh. okay? It's, they will be exposed. In fact, they already are exposed. Right, so listen, here, here's the bottom line. There can, be tr there can be truths that seemingly conflict with each other, but don't. So for example, I believe it is true that Trump's arrest helps Trump in the Republican primary, and it helps him in two ways. I do believe that there are Republicans who have been kind of disaffected by Trump, who maybe were planning to support someone else or not vote at all in the primary. And some of them will indeed be activated by Donald Trump's arrest because they've been convinced it's unfair or whatever the case may be. So that will help Trump in the primary. The other way it will help Trump in the primary is who on earth has mentioned Ron DeSantis in the last week? Ron DeSantis's name, which was very much front and center in the news is essentially gone. So good for Trump as far as the primary is concerned. If Trump wins the primary, this does not seem to be good for Trump. And in particular, if there is another indictment, this is the exact type of chaos that surrounds Trump that doesn't get him a single new vote in the general election. And remember, Trump lost by like eight million votes in 2020. And so if he's going to win in 2024 now, yes, granted, the the difference in the states that made a difference is a much smaller number. That's always the case. If Trump is going to win in 2024, he needs to find some new votes or the Democratic turnout needs to be lower, which may be. And we'll talk about that in a, in a, on a different day. I don't believe that this arrest gets Trump any new general election votes. So these people are really parodies of themselves. This is the new thing. It's great for Trump. Trump looked so presidential sitting there at the defense table, uh, certainly in the eye of the beholder. To me, he looked angry in the video where he was entering the courtroom and he looks kind of dejected while sitting there at the defense table. But everyone is going to see in it to some degree what they want to see. And I understand that we'll see ultimately what this does for Donald Trump. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham was again overcome with emotion on television. You might remember last week he was crying about the uh, pending arrest of Donald Trump. He was on Fox News last night begging people send Trump money. Why you need to send a billionaire money? I don't even understand. But here is Lindsey again. Oh, this is starting to get a little bit embarrassing. I'm sorry I'm so upset, but please help President Trump. If you can fi afford five or 10 bucks, if you can't afford a dollar fine, just yeah. pray. If you make 28 grand a year, if you can throw five bucks at this billionaire to help him, please. Make sure you vote as early as you can in your state. Don't risk anything. Oh, now early voting is good, huh? Anymore. Vote as soon as you can. Pray for this country. Pray for this president. And if you got any money to give, give it. <laughs> LindseyGraham.com. It doesn't go to me. It goes to helping this president and taking back the Senate. Yep. 
Uh, then he continues and he says he set up a website for Trump. It, it, it's all crazy. Three great Senate pickup opportunities to give us the Senate back in 2024. Three uh, Democrats in deep red states that are up in 2024. We can take back the Senate and President Trump can get a second term to finish out his agenda. There's a lot of love in the streets, but love ain't going to do it, pal. They're trying to ruin this country. They're trying to destroy President Trump tonight. I have set up a website. I don't get one damn penny, but I want <laughs> you to give money tonight to help President Trump. Yeah, he's raised eight million dollars. Remember to help him. What are you donating to Trump's campaign? Are you donating to Trump's primary campaign? Is it money for the general? Is it money that is for Trump's legal defense? Like what? It, what are you donating to, Lindsay? Since this legal garbage started, don't stop now. Seventy percent of the money you give tonight goes to help President. Trump, 30 percent will help take back the Senate to help him do what? Got a chance to pick up three Senate seats in very red states held by Democrats. And I want to wake up after the election in 2024 with the Republican House, a Republican Senate and Donald Trump raising his right hand, swearing <laughs> to be the president of the United States that we need. You are not helpless out there, folks. Yeah, really a dystopian vision. And if you're saying didn't didn't Lindsay just do this? Yes. Here is Lindsay last week crying on Fox News about the indictment. How do you do it? You take a well, if, if you got a pile of crap and you chop it up 34 times, it's still a pile of crap. It's duplicious charging. They're trying to smear the guy. They're trying to take cases that nobody else would take and resurrect them. This is literally legal voodoo. Yeah. So the grift is fully back and Lindsay is trying to take charge of it. So there are, of course, so many questions here. First of all, if Trump's a billionaire, why does he constantly need money for everything? He needs money because of DeSantis and he needs money because of Joe Biden and he needs money because of Alvin Bragg. And what's the money for? Is it for the campaign legal defense fund? In this case, Lindsay is saying for every dollar you give through Lindsay's website, Trump gets 70 cents and then 30 cents go to some kind of general pool for Senate reelection campaigns or something like that. This is Lindsay trying to get credit for bringing money in fundamentally. And as usual, Trump likes his followers to the extent that they're useful. And he went to them and grifted them after the 2020 election, saying, oh, we're going to file all these lawsuits and forensic audits and recounts. And it all went nowhere, nowhere. But he grifted people who statistically don't really have the money to be giving money to Trump for this nonsense. He grifted them to the tune of millions, tens of millions, I believe it was. And now they're trying to do it again. So my thought is save your money, save your money, maybe put it in a savings account, maybe get an index fund account going, maybe put it in a 529 if there's a kid who at some point might uh, need an education. Don't give the money to Trump. It just doesn't seem like the most useful use of funds. And this is me advising people who don't like me, but I don't want to see you grifted. All right. We have a voicemail number. That number is two one nine two David P. One of the things we've heard for a long time now is that if they can arrest Trump, it could happen to you. Here's a version of that via voicemail. That's kind of tongue in cheek. David, sir, this is Caitlin from Florida, and yes. I am calling you with tears in my eyes to tell you I am fleeing Florida because Trump has been arrested. And if 
he can be arrested, then any of the rest of us can be arrested. So I'm right. really concerned for my well-being and the well-being of my machines, you know, my car, my coffee machine. So I'm just really trying to get out of here. Yep. Um, but in all seriousness, I'm honeymooning to Montreal in the summer, and I wanted to hear some suggestions for where I should go to eat. Okay, for Montreal suggestions, maybe call in. I don't want to bore the audience with that right now. But I do want to address this thing that they've been saying. If they can do this to Trump, they can do this to anyone. They do it to anyone all the time. We know that they can do it to anyone. It's not like up until yesterday we thought, wow, once they cross the Rubicon of arresting a president, then they might arrest just random anybody's. No, we knew that. In fact, the problem all along was there is this belief that there is a two tier justice system. And I believe that that is accurate. It's not Republicans and Democrats. It's the wealthy and everybody else. And even yesterday, Donald Trump was able to negotiate no handcuffs, no mugshot. It's private entrance, all these different things. So we already knew it could happen to anyone. The question now, of course, is. Can you actually hold the president accountable or is this all going to evaporate? And if it does, of course, the right will say it's because the charges were bogus to begin with and we'll have that discussion. But we knew it could happen to anyone. We now know that at least theoretically, even former presidents aren't above the law. That's a good thing to know if you are an American. We have a fantastic bonus show for you today. A Finland joins NATO. And this is a major shift. I'll talk about my time in Finland. And there are so many interesting things to talk about. Secondly, not only could anti wokeism backfire on Republicans, their obsession with transgender issues could backfire as well. We'll talk about new polling that suggests why. And yes, Marianne Williamson making polling gains against Joe Biden. Many of you said, David, because you don't support Marianne, you're not going to cover her polling surge. I am going to cover her polling surge on today's bonus show. Sign up at joinpacman.com, get instant access, and you can use the coupon code indicted or you can use the coupon code indicated. It's your choice, whichever you prefer.